0: This is H.P.R. episode 2806 entitled H.P.R. Community News for April 2019 and is part of the series H.P.R. Community News. It is posted by H.P.R. volunteers and is about 114 minutes long and carries an explicit flag. The summary is H.P.R. volunteers talk about shows released and comments posted in April 2019.
1: This episode of H.P.R. is brought to you by archive.org.
2: Hi, everybody. My name is Ken Fallon, and welcome to another edition of Hacker Public Radio. Joining me tonight is from top to bottom.
0: Hello, it's Dave Morris.
2: Hello, it's Yannick the French from Switzerland. Hi. And sorry, it's uh, <laughs> quite difficult to make the mental change from to be a happy bunny from uh, just observing a minute's silence for uh, the Dutch Remembrance Day is there now. So, and happens to coincide with the eight o'clock kickoff of HPR. So in a rather somber note, we'll start off saying that this is the HPR community news for 2019 and HPR is community podcast network where shows are submitted by listeners just like you. In fact, very much like you. In fact, Yes, you could send in the show and become a podcaster. And this is the community news show, which is put on by HPR volunteers, uh, or just random people who decide to join the Mumble server. The first Monday, the Saturday before the first Monday of the month at 6 o'clock, 1800 UTC on Mumble. So, did we have any new hosts this month, Dave? We did not have any new hosts this month. Shame, no. shame, for shame. <sighs> I'll cry a little tear. Anyway, how was your previous month? Let's do the banter section. Well,
0: well, mine was uh, mine's good. Mine's good. I I seem to have resigned somewhere or other in some parallel universe, but uh, mm-hmm, luckily, mm-hmm. luckily, the, the the we we fell into this universe, so it's all okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah,
2: yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> don't know how that. Sorry happened.
0: about that. <laughs> Strange what happens when you when you you're not ran.
2: You
3: miss one day, Dave. Then what happens?
0: Yeah,
3: <laughs> Yannick. Well, uh, this month uh, was uh, was cool. Um, not not a lot happened except that I broke my three D printer, so it's uh, currently not working. I'm waiting for replacement parts, and uh, yeah, that's uh, oh no, I I did record three four three four episodes for uh hpr so one one i was published uh, this month once is next month and then i still got two that i need to submit and uh, schedule excellent so
2: busy month cool and i finally got to start thinking about uh, new website redesign and stuff like that more anon and i've just come back from a two-week visit to my in-laws in ireland so yes. Anyway, this show, this show that you're listening to now, is an opportunity for us to uh, make sure that every show gets a mention uh, since last month. And the first show in the roundup is two seven eight one, which was HBR Community News for March 2019. Oddly yep. enough, this was not filed under the Community News; it was filed under April Fools' section. <laughs> But it didn't have any comments, so nobody cared about that show. <laughs> the next day we had "Never Stop Gaming: Ways to Feed the Game Impulse Even When You Can't Game," and without even looking at the host, I guessed correctly that it was Plateau. Yep. Did Every... oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, fire ahead. No, I was
3: I was going to say that it's a uh, uh, an interesting take on on uh, the the game. Well, I was going to say the gaming universe, but that's not the, what I'm looking for. But the, the, the way to not just say, okay, we're going to play from this, this time to this time on, on that particular day. It's a, it's, it's a, a continuous thing. And I, and I remember when I was doing role playing game, I was constantly reading stuff and, 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 uh, uh building characters and building scenarios and campaigns. And, uh, and I think he, yeah, he did, he did, the depicted this very well in in this episode it's it's i would say it's kind of a a way of life and not just just a hobby
2: so i think the premise of the show was that between rpg games your character goes off and does other things so it's not just like in minecraft when the character is away it just stands there it's you're busy doing other things and you can come back and then you have more experience and stuff (laughs) so yeah go ahead dave
0: no no I was just just going to say that I thought Yannick's uh, um uh summary was actually very good. <laughs> I struggled to to write notes to myself to 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 explain what went on here but yeah it was interesting to listen to but uh, it's uh it it was it, it I guess cuz it's a mindset that I don't have I, I don't I find myself not being a gamer and somehow or other being uh, away locked out of it all somehow I don't understand it but uh, There you go. That's just me.
2: I think I'm just uh, afraid of this exact thing that I will be compulsively doing it in between sessions.
3: Yeah, that's a risk. (laughs) Well, I I was playing when I was a student, so (laughs) I had time. Oh,
2: yeah, fine. Um, One thing, Dave, though, about this is the link to the show notes is a link to somebody's blog, which is an excellent blog. uh, Don't get me wrong, but... As you know, we how do you, deal, how do you deal with that on Internet Archive?
0: Well, it's, the notes are as they stand, and it, it is a thing that bothers me slightly as well, because it, it, it means that if that link ever ever deteriorates or goes away, then we're stuck. Um, what I've tended to do in the past, Past shows for past shows where that's happened, and I've found them, and I don't have a have a process of doing it yet. Um, is to go and fish around, see if I can find the uh, the site that's now gone away, and on the Wayback Machine, and then um, either link to what I find there, or uh, in some cases gather up what what was there and put it into the into the show mm. if it's if it's pictures or something like that um so it's a it's a difficult one it it, i know i i part of the reason i was a bit silent here was because i was gazing at these notes thinking wow i'm sure that the notes behind these notes are great but I, i can't remember reading them i'm sure i did actually i have looked on mixed signals and there's some great stuff there but uh it's it's it means that we're sort of left high and dry if anything happens
2: yeah my temptation would be to go to the website download the text and the images and store it locally um yeah yeah no yeah, more I've, more to be thinking about this i've this, had this i've had this as well with uh, my own shows where i put on um where i've edited them on my own blog and then basically copied the html across and it's not there's not an elegance to it so uh yeah it's it's
0: a problem it's it's the issue of archiving really isn't yeah. it the whole yeah.
2: the whole business
0: of archiving is a difficult one and and you need to have some sort of a strategy and a plan and an agreement as to, to how you do this because uh, maybe people don't want stuff to be archived in some form but the the fact that they've put a pointer to it in an hbr show which is being archived implies that they do but uh, it it it's, uh, it's something that needs to be thrashed out a bit more in a bit more of a public forum i think
2: yeah i mean it's cc by sa so it's compatible with the license so i could just we can just take it and and of course it's cavalcade audio and Slacker media yeah so it's uh, no uh there's no question there, that's why I'm comfortable discussing it with uh, tattoos, uh, you know he tattoo and um lost in Bronx's material, even lost in Bronx just throws the stuff away literally um, in a good way. don't mean that negatively at all. He just gives it away and encourages people to do so. Um, yeah, yeah, because i've um i'm, I'm now I'm going back. Specifically related to one of the topics that we have at the end of the show, um, about archiving, and it's it's difficult to get shows to get context for even some of the early HBR shows, let alone the Today with a Techie stuff, let alone Freaknik, let let alone uh, Bin Rev Radio, etc. You know, so, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 these okay.
0: things, but these, these things sort of deteriorate quite quite in, in in quite an upsetting way over time a, a personal anecdote I'm thinking of doing another show on how I got to computers <laughs> having started yep. many many years ago and I started looking for information about stuff from the 1970s and wow there's so much that's gone so much is has disappeared completely and it's so so disappointing to, to find it so I'm a Strong advocate wow. of archiving whenever possible,
2: and this is actually what I was doing uh, this month. Uh, for some reason, I was able to get my head together and, you know, started um, thinking about HBR and how we do, how we how we move forward, and uh, actually writing some text downs, drawing some diagrams, etc., and erasing them and throwing it all away again, and just starting again, um, and basically the idea would be to have everything, um, available as an, you know, either sync that you could, people could earth it down or git pull it down, uh, or FTP it down or mirror the website so that everything is a, is a physical unit. You have a show. And in that show, you have a show note, but pr- pretty much what you're doing, Dave, on your shows, uh, you have a small, index.html which if it's enough then there's no need to have more detailed one and if there's a more detailed one then there's the full show notes um following the convention and then you know every day you do an rsync of hpr and the whole lot the new shows come down Um, everything else is is anything that's been updated so the rss feeds will be updated the series for whatever series that happened to be in gets updated and what else we get updated? The main page, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that, in that way then we have the internet as our, our sync server. So you know, anybody who wants to sync against us, then um we have they have a copy of all the HPR stuff as a particular as an individual unit. So you can take that entire episode and you've got all the show notes, you've got all the audio, you've got you know, if there's video, you've got everything there. And that's where I am at the minute. Okay, sorry, a little bit of a tangent there. Why? Maybe, maybe, maybe it's just you and I, Dave, that finds this interesting. <laughs> no, no, Yeah. I was listening uh, very carefully. <laughs> and uh, what I actually want to be able to do is that when people pull that down, that if they put a web server or if they open it up in a in a browser like in um, Dolphin or Windows File Manager or something, that they can navigate the static site locally. But if you put it behind a any form of a simple website web server, then you can serve a mirror of HPR. You know, back in the old days, there used to be mirror, mirrored networks around the place. It was a thing, and it stopped being a thing. Um, and that one of one of uh, the shows this month will talk about the heydays of podcasting. So uh, let's pause until that point. Mm, yeah. Okay. Okay. Meanwhile, back to the plot. The Windows shutdown.exe command explained by Claudio Miranda. Didn't even know this existed. Awesome.
3: Yeah. Didn't didn't know it existed either.
2: <laughs> no, me neither.
3: But who's using the command line on Windows anyway?
2: Uh, lots of people, actually. <laughs> I, I, that's how I got started on the command line, was doing command line stuff in Windows. Well, doing command line stuff in DOS, and then Windows came along, and all those commands still worked. So... Uh, Bubba says shutdown command thanks for the insight there's a scheduled power outage at work next month and with this i can make sure everybody's workstation is shut down properly without running around looking at the lights my friends Mm -hmm. that right there gives this show a reason to exist yep yeah absolutely absolutely of of interest to hackers plural meaning two people
0: yeah (laughs) Claudio M replies, also useful with PS exec from sysinternal suite. Glad you found it useful. While you can use it alone, it's also useful with tools like PS exec from the sysinternal suite. I might do an episode about that particular command as well. That suite has so many tools, but PS exec is the one I use the most. And he gives a link. You could probably create a batch file or PowerShell script to go through a list of host names and have them reboot or shut down remotely.
2: Claudio, please do an episode on PSExec. It is a phenomenal set of tools, and you are literally baiting your head against the wall on Windows machines until you have that stuff installed. It is a brilliant set of tools. So please... Love to hear more shows about that.
3: So he now uh, owes you a show.
2: Did he say that he was going to? I might record. Is that enough yeah, to say?
3: Yeah, yeah, it's enough.
2: Okay, okay. <laughs> okay, fair enough, yeah. The Yamaha Disclavier. Criticize my pronunciation, Dave.
0: Well, <laughs> no, I, I would pronounce it that way because I, I I fall naturally to the French way of saying it. This disc clavier is is the more German way of saying it, which is where it comes from, I think.
3: Yeah, yeah, I think so too.
2: Where John Culp talks about his Yamaha disc clavier DKC five hundred RW that's in my office at work, or in his office at work. Basically, this is a player piano. Oh, John, 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 John. John, 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 John. <laughs> I'm not even going to... i let you comment on this so I can pretend I didn't hear the music that he used as examples.
3: Yeah, but it was not too long. No, it was very short.
2: Fair music. use, I guess. Yeah, fair use, yeah. I, I yeah.
3: would say so too. <laughs> uh, so, okay. <laughs> but uh, despite using i copyrighted music. It was really interesting, uh, and and the the sound quality of of this piano is amazing. I mean, uh, he did play uh, um, a track that he wrote, and uh, and I, I I'm not really into that kind of music, but uh, yeah, it was really, really nice, and uh, it sounds like a very interesting piece of machinery. This uh, clavier.
2: What blew my mind was the recordings of actual composers actually playing the work. Yeah, you know, yeah. Can you imagine if this existed in Mozart's time, the number of debates that will be on uh, nighttime BBC TV would <laughs> uh, would like just diminish. No, you're completely wrong. Here it is. Here's him playing it. Oh, right. You're right. Well, sorry about that. We'll move <laughs> on to our next piece. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone want to do the old comments there?
0: So, shall I start? Tuturto says, music to ears. Music to ears, literally. That disc clavier must be really high-tech as it can replicate playing so well. And watching the video of disc clavier playing was a really nice bonus. This reminded me of a time when, as a wee lad, I made a trip to a museum of mechanical music and they had completely mechanical piano that could play different
3: dynamics, flourishes, and whatnot. And mm-hmm. Jan responded, Translations. Hello, folks. Disket is the German word for floppy disk. Clavier is the German word for piano. Tastature is the German word for keyboard, at least in terms of computers. A piano's keyboard would be called klaviatur. So this clavier can be split into diskette and clavier. Thanks for the fine show.
2: Excellent. Excellent. John says... Uh, okay, but it wasn't the well-tempered piano. But remember, in 1722, Bach wrote Das, oh my god, clavier <laughs> And at the time, the piano, as an instrument, did not exist. It had to mean either keyboard harpsichord or clavichord. Keyboard is most generic. <laughs> do you yes. know,
0: does somebody, somebody else want to do the next one? and I'll do mine after.
3: Fair okay. enough. So, Uh, Gertruss responded, So cool. I'm not by far music literate, but the technology in this is so mesmerizing. I'm wondering if the tech exists for other types of instruments, i.e. wind and percussion. Mm, That's a good question, actually.
0: So I said, what a wonderful device. Hi, John. I love this. It's a magnificent instrument. I never knew there was anything quite so sophisticated. I watched the Music Machine Mondays on the Wintergarten YouTube channel a couple of years ago. They visited the Spielkloch Museum in Utrecht and looked at the marvels there, and I refer to a playlist of all of the, uh, the visits. But this disc clavier is a significant evolution of these machines. Listening to your show, I was reminded of a thing I liked to listen to when I was a kid, Sparky's Magic Piano. Well, there's a link in Wikipedia. It was often on the radio on Saturdays on a children's music programme. It was probably in the 1950s. I was slightly puzzled by the pronunciation of Disclavier, thinking it should be pronounced the French way. A bit of googling proved me wrong, and you right, of course. In my defence, I used to live in an area of rural England with many villages named after Norman French families, which were pronounced strangely at least to my ears, my favorite was a place called Little Haute Bois, as I would say in the French form, uh, not very far away, an easy cycle ride away from home, and it was called by the locals hobbes and uh, there's a link to that as well, so pronunciation's always been a thing as far as I'm
3: concerned and what do you mean exactly yes. what do you mean exactly by strangely pronounced French words
0: well, hobbis <laughs> is not how you would say haute bois, which meant high wood, bois. didn't Yeah. Aux bois, Aux bois. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, yeah. My, my French pronunciation <laughs> ain't that good. But, uh, no, am
3: just picking it on you. <laughs> the, uh,
0: <laughs> my, my level of French is schoolboy French, which, where we probably would have said that. And everybody in French books that we read were, lived on rhubarb, which was a British joke, of course, because it sounded like <laughs> rhubarb. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. You know, so just give you some idea of the level. <laughs>
2: <sighs> and it's Spell Clock Museum. If your ruin was here, he would be very disappointed. <laughs> did I not say that? Nope.
0: What spell. did I say?
2: Spale Clock. Oh, <laughs> Anyway. Um, Guy says, how far away are you? You said you could... Listen over the internet, no matter how many ta- hundreds of thousands of miles away you are. What moon or planet would that be? Sorry, couldn't resist. It was an interesting show. Thanks.
3: And John responded, or not of, uh, referring, uh, referring to this uh, this comment, I guess. Oops, I thought I said hundreds or thousands, not hundreds of thousands.
0: Windigo says, Library of Congress. First of all, this has been one of my favorite shows of all time. What a fascinating musical instrument, not to mention a cool piece of technology. But then you drop this in nonchalantly. I was working at the Library of Congress in Washington, DC, one summer. Dot dot dot. Dude, it's possible that you've covered this elsewhere, but I'd listened to a whole show about that how that happened. It's always great to hear from you.
2: And John replied, A great summer job. Hi, Windigo. Thanks for the comment. Yes, I did work at the Library of Congress in the summer of 1993 as a junior fellow, a paid internship, which was quite prestigious. I didn't know if they still have this or not. I don't know if they still have this or not. It was an amazing gig for musicology nerd to get to work in the music division, helping to process the recently acquired archive of Arnold Copland. Maybe this is worth an episode of its own. Does that, does that owe me a show as well? Yeah. Gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> winning, so. winning today.
3: <laughs> and John also said, uh, other near-perfect player pianos, Dave, sorry it took me so long to respond to your very thoughtful comment. I appreciate the link to the self-playing instruments video podcast. There are some really good ones in there. I'm especially impressed by the self-playing sh- sh- uh, Steinway Duo Art Piano recorded by Sergei Prokofiev. That one is nearly as faithful to the actual playback as the Yamaha disc Klavier, but is limited by the length of the, paper, of the paper that is recorded on. It's an analog equivalent, incredibly accurate in its reproduction. There were earlier, earlier ones, too. That whole phenomenon would merit an entire series, but I don't know that much about it. <laughs> well, I guess he has, has a series now.
2: Yeah, you could uh, could at least start it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you see what happens here. You send in a show and then you ask more shows. Ah, well, so it goes. What is UCPE? A short talk on the telco networking standards. And this is on JWP about uh, network foundation virtualization, uh, universal customer premises equipment.
3: Well, you seem to know a lot more than me on the subject. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I looked at some of the the links because I think jo- John had forgotten to give any tags, so those are mine. Um, oh, okay, yeah. So it was just me reiterating the some of the keywords <laughs> that I saw there. Um, but yeah, I wasn't. I didn't come away a lot, a lot uh, more knowledgeable from from it. Didn't spend a lot of time
2: though. Yeah, I've uh, I've some. I actually intended on my holidays to talk to somebody in the know about this. Uh, somebody in the know being my brother, um, but he refused to talk to me on his holidays. <laughs> well, he didn't want to talk about work while he was on his holidays. So uh, fair I enough. Will, eh? <laughs> I will get to them. Get to that again. Universal CP. I get the concept, but I don't know uh, the blurb that we have, what is universal CPE? It's got a lot of buzzwords in it, but it doesn't actually tell you what it is. It it's consists it, yeah. of a software virtual network functions running on a standard operating system open, hosted on an open server. The idea, the ideal UCP deployment supports a multi-tier, multi-component configuration. As such, UCP brings the power of the cloud to telco network in its gateway to innovations. And that's all very well, but why would you put uh, customer premises equipment? By definition, it's customer premises equipment. Why would you put that into the cloud? So, yeah, yeah. Are they sort of running an individual Docker container for each of the customers, and then um, rendering all the video and sending it back down to the? So what's the what's the point? I I understand that you can do it. Uh, it might be useful for testing. Um, working in basically my day job is uh, TV. I can see how that would be useful, but it kind of defeats the purpose. So, more information to come, guys. The following day, my YouTube channels, inspired by Ahuka, uh, Tony Hughes, uh, sends in his. Uh, shows, including Big Clive, Category 5, Computer Explained, Dusk Geek, Big Daddy Linux, Raspberry Pi, and free Audacity tu- tutorials. All of these are very good, and I have been at all of them before. Big Clive, of course, I watch religiously.
3: I know most of them, but uh, I don't really follow them, as in um, I'm not subscribed to them, but yeah, I've watched at least once.
0: Yeah, I just I've watched a fair number of them as well. Some of them are on my uh, must-watch list, but not all. Some some interesting pointers I didn't know about. didn't know about the Audacity tutorials. That could be fun. Yeah, that
2: could be useful, yeah. Especially here. Um, like, sorry, go ahead, Ork. No, I was
3: was just going to say that I actually appeared on Big Daddy Linux a few times.
2: Did you now? Yep. So the following day, we had Node.js Part 1. I don't... I... Don't know JavaScript do.
0: Yeah. That, is that, that
2: correct? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I uh, that's the way it arrived, so I did somebody know... trolling me, Dave. <laughs> I think somebody <laughs> forgot the word in that in that thing. Yes. I completely forgot to to ask him what he'd missed out, to be honest.
3: Yep. <laughs> strange
2: strange title, but hey, it's a title. It's eye catching. It's got us. Yeah. TuroToto says, says looking for more. Great start to a series. Uh I love learning how people are learning new skills like programming languages. And this is very good uh, one to be learning Node.js. It's kinda of popular at the minute.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh Node.js is it's is the, the the JavaScript JavaScript interpreter. Uh so so technically Node.js is not a language. JavaScript okay. is the language, but uh yeah it's like it's like java and the jvm the jvm is the, the js is the equivalent of the jvm and and java is the well javascript is the language and then yeah and js is really interesting in that uh, when you know how to write javascript for the browser then you don't really have to learn anything more to write uh, backend uh, programs so that's uh, that's great
0: i thought this was a great um, premise for a for a series actually especially since he says he, he's obviously a very skilled guy because he knows a lot about all sorts of stuff but he's not i think he said something to the effect that he's not he doesn't see himself as a programmer as such and uh i thought that it was a great uh a great voyage that he, he set himself on and i was fascinated to hear how how he gets on with it you know um, I don't think. It, am I right? He, did, he said I didn't make a note of it. Unfortunately, something like he he hasn't had any formal programming t- tuition. At
3: yeah. least in JavaScript, I don't I don't remember if this was. Uh, no, I a, might a general... have
0: misinterpreted. I hope I didn't, but uh, yeah. But still, I, I'd be fascinated to, to to follow along with with his uh, exploration of this thing.
3: Well, this is titled Node.js Part
2: 1, so it's yeah. to be expected.
0: Absolutely. You want Part 2, please? Yes.
2: Also, oh, the show. Moving on. Looping in Haskell to the is describing how to do loop-like constructs in Haskell. And it was interesting to find out that they don't really exist. You need to do recursion in order to do loops. Yeah. Kind of, uh,
3: yeah, it's, it's kind of a, uh, I, I think it's a, it's a threat of, uh, um, um, functional languages. I don't recall that, uh, Scala has any, uh, looping structure either. W- when I listened to this, I, I remembered my, uh, <laughs> my, um, days when I was learning Scala. So yeah, you need to map, you need to, uh, fold your lists, um, yeah. it's uh it's interesting to to see that uh, all, uh pretty much all functional languages work the same. So th- basically a for loop or a while loop is really a procedural thing. Weird.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good good way of putting it actually. Yeah. Cuz things like map is is an iterator. Uh, in as much as it is applying a thing to to a list uh, repeatedly um, by some magic means that you don't necessarily know about. Having been an assembly level programmer when I first started working in IT, I find myself always wanting to um, understand what the what the underlying, processes and you sort of imagine that that these things map onto a bit of iterative looping in 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 assembler but uh, I don't know if that's a good good insight or not actually. <laughs> sometimes not probably
3: but it really depends on the on what what you have to do and uh, and yeah. the language but uh, uh, java recently added those uh, those things those uh uh, they call they called that the stream API. Well, it, it's <clears throat> it's really interesting, but you you know it's like everything you've got to to be really careful not to make your program more complex by using things that you think will make it less complex. I don't know if that that makes any sense, but the, those maps are are uh, the let's let's take the map function for example. It's really it's really elegant. But then, when you change that with other functional uh, stuff, then it can be really hard to read uh, the program, but you can do wholesome stuff in like one line, of code.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I, am um, being a bit of a Perl fan. There, there's, there's all sorts of things that do something vaguely equivalent to to it, where you can process lists with a with a map. Command and and so forth, and I have been, um, I have ended up writing stuff where there are lots of lots of those sorts of things chained together. Because at the time you write it, you think, oh yeah, yeah, just add another yes. one in and another one mm-hmm. in, and then you come back to look at it later on, or you hand it to somebody else and they go, what, what is this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I've I've had phone calls from having retired saying, you know that script you wrote, what the hell is that? supposed to be doing, and um, yeah. So, not not always wise. You're very right. Yeah, are very, absolutely agree.
2: Yes, <clears throat> I think I've uh, struggled with the map function and some of the scripts you've sent me, Dave. Oh no! <laughs> you know all about it because you explained it to me. So that's fine. <laughs> so the following day, we had pacing in storytelling. Lost in Bronx takes a stab at explaining why pacing in your story really matters. Uh, as usual, really
3: interesting. Even though I'm not in, into this uh, storytelling subject, but uh, yeah, still very interesting to listen to.
0: Um, shall I do the comments? To Toto yeah, to says, "What about non-fictional stories? I love listening to this series and started wondering how applicable and/or easy would it be to adapt these topics in a non-fictional story that isn't a story at all." If there's a book that teaches readers about programming, can some of these topics still be relevant? Could a study book build towards some climatic revelation that is hinted more and more as it comes closer and then revealed in all its glory?
2: I've seen that attempted a few times, and uh, it would be great if it could. But it's also... if it, the, the counter to that is if the story isn't engaging are not of interest to people, the students, for example, Um, it can put you off. Because, for example, um, sometimes when you're doing a... um, In the last Python programming course I did, um, the example was computer gaming, and I had no interest in it, and half the class had no interest in it. The other half did. And for half the class, it was... Great, and they were really enjoying it. But for the rest of us, we were really struggling because we had no idea of these concepts, and not having played multi- the games that he was designing, it was of no relevance to us. So, but then again, a regular story. It would be interesting. It would be inter- I'd love to hear uh, Lost in Bronx's view on this. Actually,
0: yeah, me, yeah, me too. Actually, it, it would be a. Uh... An interesting approach, and somebody with the skills to do it uh, talking about it would be would be most intriguing.
3: Now you know how to record your next uh, episode about Bash. It was a yeah. dark
0: night. The secret, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, oh,
2: oh, yeah, yeah. What are you thinking uh, now? Knowing uh, Tattoo, he's already hidden encrypted messages in all the all his previous shows, and uh, there's some person going out there. Yes, I've cracked his code. Sorry, carry on. Hello. I think I'm... Can you hear me? Because I... Yeah.
0: My... Uh, I can hear you, yeah. Yeah, okay. I thought my, my button was stuck. It's okay. I hadn't had anything else to say.
2: Next series of Bash. Yes. That would have been good. Okay. The following day, we had YouTube subscriptions part five uh, from Mahuka. Mental Floss, Minute Earth, Minute Physics, Mona Lisa Twins, Monty Python, Objectivity, Official Goal, uh, RVing, PBS EOS, Eons, PBS Spacetime, Periodic Values, Physics Girl, Roll On TV, RV Education 101, RV to Freedom, S- Science Friday, SciShow Fizz. So, I now understand why the ordering of them seems so random to me. He's doing them in... Uh, Alphabetical, alphabetical order. order yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Well
2: done. Uh, I. Uh, yes. Actually, I
0: PBS like- Eons is one of my favourites. I love that. It's really, really well done. A little bit too short and a little bit too polished for my my tastes. I could get the point quicker, but uh, still, it's got some amazing stuff in it.
2: Yeah, I've really started going away from shows that have really quick cuts in it. It seems to me to be defeating the purpose of a YouTube video, you know grabbing your yeah. attention and shoving it in your face. Look, give me four hours of of Big Clive's hands just taking they- something apart. It's fine. I was Small saying TV to my,
0: I was saying this to my kids who who when I make utterances like this, usually sort of back away and go, "Oh God, he's doing it again." Um, but saying that some of the some of the way they cut these things, they there's a sort of image about vaguely about the subject, and then they keep showing it over and over and over and over again. The other thing they do, and that's so irritating, the other thing they do is they do a, a full shot of the, the presenter, then they zoom in, and then they zoom right in, as if somebody has grabbed your head and shoved it at their face so hard that you want to want to pull away. And one who has quite a large personal space, I find that to be really disturbing. Why? Why must you do this, you know? But, uh, yeah, they, they think I'm, I'm nuts and probably... No, I, I completely... <laughs> I don't will. like
2: it. If the content yeah it should stand by itself, and there are plenty of other uh youtubers out there who uh who can do it um smarter every day, for instance, he just looks into the camera kind of interesting and then you'll cut to a diagram and then he comes back and talks to you about it. well, I get what what's going on anyway sorry yes it's it's just <laughs> I find it sad that I unsubscribe from some channels because the content is good, but I just can't look at them.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I haven't quite reached that point yet because PBSems, for for example, had, contains a lot a lot of really good um, information about paleontology that I find fascinating. But the presentation really hasn't hasn't quite got to to the point of grating so much that I want to stop. But it might do.
2: Okay, folks, and if you have podcast or uh, YouTube recommendations, please. Contribute to this episode. If you've got podcast recommendations, I'd also like to hear. The following day, we have Looks Like TrueCrypt. Oh, I see what he did there. Do you see that? Looks Like TrueCrypt. L-U-C-K-S. Linux. What is this? Linux Crypto File System. I don't know what the U stands for. Uh, Tattoo demonstrates how to use LVM and crypt setup to create and use portable encrypted file systems. Now, what I would like Tattoo to do for me... Is And this is a show I've been trying to put together myself, where in theory it could be possible. Say you have two Raspberry Pis, right? You with me so far? Only two? No, you've got two Raspberry Pis, yeah? They're both identical. Two people, either side of the world. One person in, let's say, the Netherlands buys one and one person, let's say, in uh, pick a random country, New Zealand buys one, right? Two identical Raspberry Pis, yeah? And you've got download a default Raspbian image on both of the Pies. Now, the person in the Netherlands knows the root password for their Pi. And the person in New Zealand knows the completely (laughs) different root password for their Pi. Would there be a way to connect in a... So, both of them do a backup with their... uh, Both of them buy a... I don't know, 5 terabyte drive, Right? and they encrypt it with Lux, and they ship it to the other person. Okay, it's now encrypted. It's now encrypted on the other side. Would there be a way to mount that disk? So the Dutch disk is now in New Zealand, and the New Zealand disk is now in the Netherlands. Would there be a way to mount that disk securely through the other Raspberry Pi um, without the person being able to decrypt it? In, in transit, I'm sure Whoa. my good, my good <laughs> feeling is it should be possible to mount the remote disk on your PC. So, if I was here in the Netherlands, I should be able to connect to the other disk over there via SSH and then mount over SSH FS the encrypted disk sent. So that the looks file system will be decrypted on this side, I don't know if even that's possible, or I'm be nuts if somebody has an idea on this, I'd really love to hear a show about this and I'm happy to work on this particular one as well because I think this is actually a good way to uh keep backups of your stuff around the place because once you did did the initial transfer, then the rest is just uh are synced across and you can set your disk to timeout once your our syncing is done so it just comes on once a day copies in your data trickles it in and then shuts the disk off but what i'd like to be able to do is prevent the other person uh, from ever being exposed to the to the data not that i don't necessarily trust the other person but so the other person doesn't need to worry about uh, law enforcement officials or whatever, whereby they can say, I genuinely do not have the access to this. You can take the disk. I have no problem with that. I don't have any information that will allow you to decrypt this because there's no way that I can do it. And even if law enforcement not not suggesting that we're doing anything illegal here is just... Could, could you do that for the whole concept of off-site backups?
3: Yeah, probably, but then you would have to expose the... Yeah, but there's got to be a way. The, the there's um, got to um, be a the, way. Uh,
2: yeah. Can you can you mount the Lux device back so that the ones and zeros, the encrypted ones and zeros, are sent back over the wire locally to another, say Raspberry Pi, in the Netherlands, and you hide that transport bit in the middle? It's got to be possible. Anyway, somebody with more uh, more time on their hands. You'd, you'd
0: think that that uh, you'd need the Arsene would need to have a. View of the file structure, which you can't do if it's encrypted. It? Yeah, but the
2: rsync will be mounting two disks locally because you would mount the encrypted. Di- so on my P- on my yeah, laptop yeah. here, I would mm-hmm. be connecting some way via SSH SSHFS. So you and- would
0: decrypt both both of both the master and the copy, and back up one to the yeah. other. So what you're saying exactly,
2: and both would be would appear local. So I'd be rsyncing slash local local disk to rsync. Forward slash mount forward slash remote disk, which would then get encrypted via uh, Lux, and then get sent over SSHFS, and the ones and zeros would get dumped onto the disk on the other side. So if even if somebody was sniffing the network on the under, on the other side, you've got the SSH traffic which would go in the clear in the kernel on the Raspberry Pi, but even inside of that tunnel. The ones and zeros would still be encrypted heading down to the file system. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Do you see? The, yeah. Does anyone see the use case? Because this is as clear, obvious to me as you know, it's full end-to-end encryption. Basically, is what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, I get, I get what you, where you go into. So, but anyway, then... that's that's the thing. What I'd like to be able to do is basically ship a disk to somebody, and somebody can dev- download a default image on a Raspberry Pi, so that this is remote or syncing Uh, so you know your buddy, you send a disk to them they send a disk to you and yeah, Bob's your uncle Okay, enough about that The next show was playing around with text-to-speech synthesis on Linux playing around with different text-to-speech sentences on Linux Obviously, that caused no comments whatsoever So let's, (laughs) let's move on to the next show basic coproc the future 2009 is here Clacky discovers bash's coproc keyword and explains some toy examples there were two comments as I strongly suspected there wouldn't be reading with the voice of Dave Morris is (laughs) Dave Morris
0: (laughs) Yes. who said I really enjoyed this thanks Clacky I enjoyed this a lot nice to be on the receiving end of the bash info for a change smiley winky face Um, Command substitution, it's my understanding that the newer dollar open close parentheses form is an improvement on the older back tick form, largely because the substitutions can be nested. At least when I found it years ago, I was excited to be able to nest them. I assume it's nestable because the new form is easier to parse. Then coproc, subject, this seems cool, though a little involved. I'd looked briefly, but hadn't really thought about the feature. Thanks for covering it. Since Be Easy and I have awoken the Orc series from its hibernation recently, I'm going to cover Redirection and Orcs co-process feature as well. And episode 15 is almost ready to be recorded and uploaded. Well, it, it is uploaded, but not, uh, not yet posted, I think. So, um, yeah, so there's co-processes in, in other places, really.
2: He did give us the challenge of coming up with a real-world example and if you could well, you can I've got one in my
0: got one in episode in my episode fifteen of the York thing, but it's not it's not, nothing very much so. It's not that
2: wonderful. I think your middle name is contrived examples, Dave.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> What's wrong with that?
2: <laughs> well I actually would love to hear somebody who goes, Yes, this is exactly the thing I need and here's the reason I need it. That, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not meaning to criticise you in any way.
0: Obviously, no, no, but. no. His challenge is a good one though, because it's a, it's a not, it's it's not a thing you'd want. To, I don't know. I can't see that many, that many uses for it that couldn't be achieved by other other means. Really,
2: seems to me you know The only reason I would see somebody doing that is some young one comes up to a graveyard and goes, "Yeah, this." this is crap because you had to run into this edge scenario and Greybeard pulls out Coproc to fix that problem. And, you know, rather than rewriting a script, you put in a dirty hack to uh, clean up some sort of edge case that could occur.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, I I struggle to find anything. Yeah. As you say, I contrived an example.
2: Clacay <laughs> says re quotes versus dollar paren. Yes, that's why the dollar paren was introduced. Back coats can be nested too, but it requires escaping them with backslashes, and we don't want to go there if we can avoid it. Apart from the nesting thing, I find the dollar paren easier to read, especially when enclosed in double coats, as it usually is. I thought that one difference between the two is that the dollar paren trims any trailing new line, but it turns out I was wrong. They both do that, so the difference is purely about quoting and readability. Yeah, cool. I back-tick. can date my bash scripts by whether I'm using backticks or dollar an, um, to your episode, actually.
0: <laughs> I uh, I hated the backtick thing. I didn't actually know in my earlier days of using bash that you could nest them, because you, you, you get yourself in a hell of a knot with it. Um, but uh, when the the dollar per end thing came along, it's such a delight. It's so obvious where one one bit starts, at the next end and, and and ends, and the next one ends, and so on. You know, you can see the nesting very very clearly, uh, which yeah. seemed,
2: seemed much nicer. So the following day, we had an interview with Martin Wimpress. Monsieur Yannick. Uh, yeah, managed to track somebody down and force them into an interview. <laughs> we approve of this. <laughs> I didn't have to push him too much. Yes, those Maté people do love
3: to talk. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) This was very, very very nice. I enjoyed it very, very
0: much. You said your first interview in English. Well, I thought it was very, very well done. Thank you. Congratulations.
3: Yeah, well, I've got uh, another one in the the pipe, which is going to be released uh, pretty soon, I think, with... uh, well, I'm not going to reveal anything, so stay tuned. Du, de, de, and de you you dun, dun, owe dun. me a show! Well, I, I, I have two boards. for you. Yeah, I have two for you. Uh, need to um, edit them and submit them, but uh, yeah, they're
2: ready. Excellent. The following day, Dead Earth. A review of a 20-year-old GNU free documentation licensed RPG about post-apocalyptic turmoil. Say that when you're drunk. Needless this- to say... It was Clatu.
3: Yep, never heard of theirs, but um. it's
0: impressive that he's actually managing to resurrect this. Back to this, what my notes to myself is resurrecting this from the PDFs, um, and it's it's very very impressive that he's that he's doing that. So yeah, congratulations on that one.
2: Yeah, it's awesome. This website of theirs is actually got quite a lot of information on it. Hold on, no. I just uh, sent my wife looking for an alarm that's going off, but it turns out it's uh, the har- the fan on the computer behind me is making a whoop, 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 whoop sound every so often. So I'll just go and get her back. <laughs> Bear with me one moment. Or you could let her run and then say, oh, really? Sorry.
3: Yeah, sorry about that. No problem. What did I miss? What did I miss?
0: <laughs> we, Not a we, lot sh- <laughs> we were just sitting here thinking about uh, the uh, silence compression uh, cleaning that bit up
2: yep and then I go and root it <laughs> his show notes are absolutely excellent over there the blog articles are the business he really when he does sit down to do show notes he does show notes I wonder maybe if we did a file print to PDF would that fix it and just attach them then in case they were ever gone. And actually, in saying that, <laughs> that will guarantee that plateau uh, will send in show notes from now on. <laughs> the thought that his show notes will end up as PDF files at some time in the future. Yes, yes. One of his non-preferred uh, um, formats. Yep. Anyway, uh, the next day, operator sends in uh, something completely different. IRS, credit freezes and junk mail. Oh my, this is a nice, this is a good one. Uh, it was about, yeah, just credit freezes and stuff and uh, opting out of a sort of junk mail.
0: Yeah, the whole business of of uh, credit worthiness and credit analyses and so forth, is a, it's a scary, scary process as far as I'm concerned. I, I, I've avoided credit as much as i possibly can in my my life that i find it to be a a repulsive um uh, concept yep however that's that's just me my parents sort of taught us my sister and i to to avoid uh, buying things that we couldn't pay pay cash up front for which you know was a i suppose an appropriate thing to do post-war but uh Certainly not the way the world is now, but it's, it's it's given me an aversion to the whole the whole process of credit.
2: Well, it led to subprime mortgages and the disaster that that entailed, which we're still living with. Indeed, indeed. Um, so, yes, but yeah, agreed. I uh, well, my wife has strong feelings on it as well. So, other than the mortgage,
0: yeah, uh, well, the mortgage you can't avoid, really.
2: Not really, no, unless you've got. Which is yeah, you're not. You got no, a rich if, uncle or something.
3: If you have a ton of money to avoid mortgage, then you don't have to <laughs> you worry, don't about worry about this. Yeah. Credit,
2: yeah. yeah. Anyway, Congo Man says, <clears throat> "Credit card security." Though I hate uh, Capital One, commercial Capital Capital One. I think that is. is yeah, it a could type be. Of... Um, <clears throat> they have something new and notable: the O E N O product is a credit card that gives you a new credit card reference number for each vendor you buy from. So if your credit gets stolen, you only lose the reference number and all the other bills you pay with your credit card are unaffected. On top of that, you know which vendor compromised your credit card. That is interesting. I um I also think the whole way that credit cards are done, you know, the the, the number of digits that are in there um the the way you can break down a credit card there are only a very small number of credit card numbers as such, and you know, i don't don't think it's a very safe way to do transactions at all.
0: yeah, I think there are companies in the u k that that offer you something like this, a sort of virtual credit card type type concept. I think my son has one I've never really asked him. A lot about what he's doing with it, but I think it might be offering similar, similar sort of thing that uh, you um, you can subdivide your, your credit card, as it were, mm. with different reference numbers. I, 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 yeah, like I say, it's not a thing I've got got into much, but the 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 ability to partition stuff sounds like a very useful capability. So, yeah but, exactly uh, the whole thing can't be vacuumed up and
3: uh, and stolen a few years back there was a bank in France I don't know if they still do that but they were offering one time credit card number so each time you had to each time you wanted to buy something online for example you'd first go to the, the bank's website and request a credit card number which was valid and then pay with that uh, virtual card and then it would not be able um, uh, uh, usable anymore. So mm, if, cool. if if anyhow this would uh, would be stolen, it wouldn't be useful. Yeah, but, but the, they, I, they, then you had to go to the the bank site every time you want to buy something online, and I'm not sure this was really practical.
2: And also, you run out of numbers because there's only so many valid numbers. There's the visa identifier, then there's the country identifier, blah blah blah. So the breakdown old credit card number yeah okay um <laughs> uh, yes i i see on anything that i buy now on dutch websites or whatever even on chinese websites they have the uh banking uh, ideal uh which is a dutch banking thing where it just transfers you to your own banking website and then you transfer the money directly from your bank over to that and the beauty of that is if it goes wrong then you know you can get it back from the bank Cool. We don't have yep. that in Switzerland. Sounds what? Good. Switzerland, of all places, I would expect you to have loads of things to do with money. Or is it more about getting money as opposed to giving it away? Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, the following day, writing a web game in Haskell, simulating at the high level. Turutoto gives an overview of a simulation in their own. 4x game. So far, we've been concentrating on separate pieces of the game. Now it's put, time to put them together in a simulation. Yeah. And the sample code, if you're looking at it kind of with your eyes blurry, you can kind of make out what he's doing.
3: <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. You can do so, so many things in so little
2: lines. <laughs> yeah. And half of that is comments.
0: Yes, yeah. I'm afraid this one passed me by because I uh, I was listening to it while I was doing something else, and it sort of sort of skimmed over the top of my head, <laughs> and I meant to go back and and listen again with the, the notes in front of me. The notes are great, as, as yeah, always. They, are, yeah. they they do help a lot, but I haven't, I'm afraid I didn't get around to doing that forgot so uh yeah you really got to sit down and and with those notes in front of you to 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 get it um which is not a bad thing it's just that you no, don't need, no, no. need to do that you need to actually take the steps to do it
2: i uh do e-speak on his uh show notes and include those with the with the show so i listen to the show notes first and then listen to the show and then i read along mm. as he's going. <laughs> That's
0: good. That's a good
2: idea. Yes, and just five minutes after he's finished, it's like, oh, yeah, I kind of get what he's doing there. And then then five minutes later, it's all just seeped out of my head again. But that's my fault, not his. Should podcasters be pirates? Nightwise laxes lyric nostalgic on the early days of podcasting and wonders if we all sold out. I was wondering about this, I was thinking, "Oh God, he's going to start playing some copyrighted music." But no, it wasn't about that. <laughs> Tour Toto says, "Yar, record me pod, record me episodes. Now the mandatory pirate speak has been done. I can comment." There is a market for both kinds of podcasts: grassroots ones and more slick commercial ones. Latter ones won't disappear as long as there's money to be made. So it's our task to keep the more grassroots style alive. Very good mm.
0: point. Yeah. So I Hi. said, I said tonight was memories of early podcasts and pirate radio. Not really answering his question, but just he set me off thinking. Um, oh, I, likewise, back to my day. But, well, you know, I've reached the age when I can drop anecdotes if I want Legitimately, to. Legitimately, yes. As <laughs> I was saying to that woman on the bus the other day. Uh, anyway. <laughs> I said, interesting show. I started listening to podcasts in 2005 or thereabouts. i just bought our first family PC, which is Windows. Signed up to my first ISP and started looking for stuff to listen to. I bought my first MP3 player that year. And iRiver, IFP899, and was using Juice or similar as my podcatcher. Yes, I listened to the Daily Source Code and to Dave Weiner, who's the originator of RSS, and those were some great times. I also remember Pirate Radio in the 1960s. I was at school in Norfolk in the east of England. We all listened to Radio Caroline, which was just off the, the sort of east coast of the UK, and also Radio London, which, was, which called itself Wonderful Radio London. And they were from from, uh, repurposed ships off the East Coast. I'd listened to Veronica, which he mentioned at times, but not a lot since it was in Dutch and the signal wasn't as good as I recall. Also good times, though. Thanks for the memories. Did he originate uh, uh, RSS? Did Dave Weiner originate RSS?
2: Yeah. Did you ask? It was Arnold Schwartz. Arnold Schwartz.
0: No, I think it was – well, there were lots of arguments about where it had come from at the time, I remember. Dave Weiner uh, claimed to have – he and Adam Curry claimed to have uh, come up with the idea between each other, and Dave Weiner set up a company or something where where he used it, and he played around with OPML, which I think he invented as well, though he never, it was never formally – uh, accepted as a as a standard, at least that version wasn't. Um, but I, I thought so. I thought it was the case. Certainly, I've not looked it up though to to confirm that I'm right.
2: Interesting. Does the Wikipedia Wikipedia articles? Yeah, seems to be Dave Weiner. Okay,
0: it was user land that he created, wasn't it? And uh, I'm looking at the same same page as you. Should have done that <laughs> earlier on, but uh, yeah. He used to do a podcast, he I think he lived in um, Florida and he used to podcast as he walked along the beach and stuff like that.
2: Aaron Schwartz, he was also involved in the development of the web feed format RSS. Hmm. Interesting. Yes, perhaps we will never know. Meanwhile, back at the show. Dude named Ben says in a voice of a Frenchman living in Switzerland?
3: Uh, sorry, <laughs> I was uh, thinking about uh, something else. Yeah, so dude Nemben says, uh, the Father Adam Curry. This is a great rant, nightwise, but you don't spend any time talking about what Adam has been up to lately, which is exactly the kind of podcast you are encouraging all of us to create and explore from your handle I assume you were also a knight of the no agenda roundtable but you failed to even mention Adam's twice a week podcast done with the cranky geek himself John C. Dvorak you need to hate mo- more people in the mouth about the no agenda show and there's a link to dvorak.org slash na noagendashow.com and I have no idea what he's talking about
2: consider yourself clobbered dude what's the last line of that oh yeah
3: sorry <laughs> missed that <laughs>
2: It's the in-jokes within the podcast that he is referring to. Okay. Um, And actually, oddly enough, I went back to listen to some of the Today with the Techie stuff and uh, Droops Radio, Infonomicom Radio and RFA, and it was a lot wilder, truth to be told. Like playing copyrighted music, for instance. We would never do that. We would never do that here.
3: Back in the days, because I also reached an age where I can say back in the days, uh, there was no rule, no, it was jungle, but uh, the pod, uh, podcasting was, uh, and music podcasting surely was not um, as um, paranoid, I would say, as they are now. So yeah, playing, um, uh, copyrighted music was not a problem back then.
2: Yeah, there was no way anyone was ever going to find out, you know, that meant somebody physically listening to every single show and your buddy show that had three listeners, including your mom, you know, who was ever going to find out about it. And now with the search algorithms that... Yeah, you can ban and the law has changed with the DMCA as well. That you get thrown off the internet and you get uh, lawsuits taken against you. You know, the whole yeah, the whole world has changed legally. Back
3: then you were you were hosting your own MP3s on RSS, so there was no no real uh, uh central directory. Nowadays, as soon as you start your podcast, it has to be on iTunes or Apple podcasts, sorry and google yeah, Podcasts yeah, yeah. and, and and all the major um, podcast hosts and they apply or if if don't if they don't uh copyright holders do look for podcasts on those platforms and they scan the podcast and then they they know exactly where to look uh, what to look for for uh, music yeah. so yeah, and I'm not even talking about uh, Spotify and those. Host the podcast host, wannabes, you know, yep. they, should, they should probably stick to their original business model and leave us alone. That's my rant. Sorry. <laughs>
2: cool. Uh, the following day, we had building an Arduino programmer, turn an Arduino nano into a programmer. And this is a relationship show due uh, to one of the shows that I did, and this is basically taking my crappy idea and doing something pretty cool with it. I like it.
3: So you can explain something to me. Uh, I can. What's try. what's the what's the advantage of using another microcontroller to be used as a programmer for a microcontroller, as opposed to just you know using the bootloader and loading the uh, Arduino sketch directly?
2: Uh, you can get yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a while since I've looked at it, so bluffing uh, as you do. Uh, there, you can get rid of the bootloader entirely, I believe, and just put your code on there. Now it could be bullshit actually. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's what I understood, but I, I just wanted to to be sure. But this would also be just useful in that you have uh, you have a dedicated machine to To use as a boot to copy the bootloader onto the other machines, you don't need to set up one; it's permanently fixed for you. Hmm. And the reason I had to use it in the first place was there was no bootloader on the chips that came, so I got them without any bootloader. So I had to put a bootloader on. Okay. And the only way to do that then was either you had a um, Andrew you. you you basically went through this procedure, use another, uh, either a dedicated bootloader for our dedicated thing to burn these, the code onto the um, Arduinos, or you used another Arduino as a host. And in this case, he's just sacrificing a, uh, a Arduino to do that. Okay. How, how big is a, a bootloader on those things? How many? How much
3: space do you gain by uh, getting ri- rid of the bootloader? I do not know. Because it, it seems to be that it's uh, it's kind of lots of work to just gain a few, you know, tens of bytes or hundreds of bytes, maybe I don't know. But yeah, if it's if it's in uh, if it's a lot bigger, then maybe it's worth it.
2: Yeah, but as I said. The one, the reason I did it in the first place yeah. is that there was no bootloader on there, so they yeah, hadn't okay. shipped anything, so you're screwed. Or if it gets corrupt for any reason, then you might want to update it, okay. so a new version comes in. Why would you change your BIOS? It's kind of the same idea, I guess. Okay, okay. Got it. Thanks. Somebody, and whoever is screaming at the microphone right now can just press record and send in the show. I am it under uh, Ken is Wrong series, which is increasing by the day. (laughs) The following day we had...
0: (laughs) I thought you were right, by the way. That was what I would have said, knowing less about it than you do, but uh, that seemed to me to be the right answer.
2: I just, with electronics, I'm just so dipping my toe into the water, and I'm now... Well, if you're listening along to this HBR episodes, uh, I envisage somebody on night shift somewhere Um, having started listening to all the shows. And if you had, can you please fill in the tags, by which time it's too late, by the time you get to this one. But, um, if for example, you're downloading this show because you've got hours and hours and hours of boredom ahead of you, and you're going back to the back catalogue, please fill in the tags for Dave, he'll be eternally happy. Admittedly, you'll need to wait about three or four years of night shifts before you'll be able to Before you'll be able to hear him thank you for it, but okay. Um, <laughs> where was I going with this? I don't know. To episode two hundred two thousand and eight hundred maybe. I yeah, okay, let's do that. My YouTube subscription, Sgt. Pepper channel. This is a hookah. Uh, Sid Mirrors Civilization, 60 Symbols, Smarter Every Day, Space Frontier Foundation, Streaming Freedom. Sub, Dave, help me out there. I think that's Irish.
3: Yeah. Nah. That's what he
0: said is in the not? podcast, anyway. That's what he thought.
2: That's what Urka
0: thinks it is. Shivna?
2: Yeah. Done. Okay, Shivna, then. And I defy anybody to contradict me. Uh, talk More Talk, The Beatles, The Economist, The Extraordinary Universe, The Great War, The Planetary Society, The Sexy Gamer, The Total Trailer, Trailer, Life, DOI, Veritasium, Vintage Space, and Vlogbrothers. Unless he's got a lot of Zeds, I think that's <laughs> the end of it. Yeah, that's his what he said. Yes, that's
3: definitely the last
0: one.
2: Good, some good stuff though.
0: Some good stuff.
2: Yeah, I'm subscribed to quite a few of these as well. Not the Beatles, obviously. Well, not obviously, but now obviously. The following day, my guitar setup part, uh, and the pictures for the episode are on a remote location that may or may not go away. We will never know.
0: Well, yes, this also concerned me. I have to have to say. I, I was yeah I have I look at these every time uh, and my bill sends them in and think oh, what should we do what should we do I but, weep a yeah, little we need, to, we need to we need yeah yeah we need to do something
2: I think we need to contact the mailing list about this Dave and everybody will go there are only two people on this mailing list who gives a crap about this <laughs> <Could> <laughs> be I, be I you know that's not true because I know Jason Scott is on there and I know he does give a crap about uh Uh, about uh, archiving stuff.
0: Oh, if anybody would
2: (laughs) give a crap, it would be him, yeah. Yeah, sure. Well, I like this episode, and I look forward to the fact that it's part one, and there will be more of this to come. Then, the midlife assessment by Plaque, And this was... uh, It seems life goes faster and faster, and turns around, and goes slower and slower. And this was an interesting episode. I found myself... Wondering how I was going to respond on this show to this episode, so I'm just going to check it out and say, Dave, what did you think of this episode? <laughs> I,
0: I, uh, I also, I also was was not sure exactly how to respond. I said, Clack is turned 40 and is ruminating about the next 40 possible years of his life. Good luck, and uh, uh, but, uh, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. But that,
0: that that's not meant in a nasty way. But uh, you know, it's. Uh, He's he's probably right that those those eighty years are quite likely for for somebody of, of his age if he's if he is lucky and uh, and and a fair number more perhaps so long as the anti science movements in the world don't say nah, now all this age research is to go down the drain it's it's stupid. Why would anybody do that? And so on and so on and so on. But um, yeah, it's, 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 I, I don't see the, the business of things going quickly and slowly so much from where I sit. Um, so I'm about 10 years away from that endpoint. <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, it looks different from where I, I am. Things are going fairly quickly, faster than I'd like, let's say. But uh, yeah it depends yeah. where you are in this scale kind of things I think.
2: Well, my view was he's described a fairly idyllic sort of bell curve for what somebody's life is kind could be but yeah it only takes one yeah one little thing, one tiny little thing to throw a spanner in the works. And I would not wish that on anyone, touching wood. Very unscientific and non-skeptical thing to do, but hey. Um, Yeah, I hope his plan goes according to plan. But (laughs) my own experience has been if, uh, yeah, life delivers you the unexpected from time to time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Having seen people around me who... uh, are looking forward to uh, to you know a fair number of more years of life and then they they don't arrive but the opposite does um yeah. you know it's a it's it's a gamble it's a big old gamble you just do everything you possibly can to make sure the that, that the stakes are a good for as far as you're concerned and uh, well
2: the best thing you can do is send in all your shows now. And then we'll make sure they're on the Internet Archive, which we will make sure gets rocketed into space before the planet is annihilated, so that your essence will be maintained for eons to come.
3: Absolutely. Wow. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and if Just that's not wow. a reason to
2: do a show, then I don't know what is.
3: Yeah, we can uh, we can contact uh, SpaceX and uh, put the the whole HPR archive on the next SpaceX mission.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, they sent a Tesla into space. I mean, they could—there's plenty of space in the boot, <laughs> trunk for the US listeners. And at the risk of um, you know, just to prevent Dave blowing a fuse, I'm not going to read the next one because that will be going into next month, and then that would be more scripting that you would need to do in oh, the show notes.
0: It would. Oh, the the pain—the <laughs> pain that you you saved me is. Thank you so much.
2: So, missed comments from last month. Note to volunteers in a big red box. <laughs> you should really leave these in, Dave. Don't go back and edit it. Just leave oh, it. His... no, no, no. <laughs> these comments are for the last show. We're not ready at the last show because they arrived after the recording. This section will be removed before the notes are released.
3: That sounds like a Mission Impossible yeah. uh, message, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Good right, volunteers.
0: It's 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 fading as I watch it. It's going. It's going. <laughs> now, what hap- if we record inside the month that we're reviewing? Then uh, you can get comments that occur in that month, but that, uh, that you don- that don't get. could potentially not be read. Um, that was the thing that bothered me. And these things really gnaw away at my brain. So uh, I sort of wake up in the middle of the night thinking, I must solve this. And, and everybody's pointing and laughing. You and ah, you silly old sod. But uh, I still have to solve it somehow or
2: other. And then the thing is, this one has got one comment that was posted last month, so should have been discussed in the last one show. And now another one that's going to be in that's been posted in this month, which obviously we'll do together. So, <laughs> so anyway, okay. Hipster says enjoyed it, great, sounded great and for those of you wondering what it was that he was commenting on was they, uh, Alden P HTTP IPFS and Torrents replacing the web with a new decentralized protocol and IPFS is Interplanetary File System and Hypertext Transfer Protocol. And he says, thanks for the podcast. I learned a lot. These protocols are fascinating because to the end user, a few bytes here or there seem to be insignificant. But across the entire network, a few bytes here and there can add up to millions of dollars. Oh, the audio is great.
3: Yeah, all those speeches of cats, actually. Yeah, that cost a lot. Exactly.
2: (laughs) And they take a lot of bandwidth. And Clackay says, although... He said it at the last comment from Dave's thingy that the audio quality, uh, take it from somebody who records shows on their mobile mobile phone, your audio quality is great. Meanwhile, Dave is in editing the show notes to say this has already been read. (laughs) 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 I hate you, Fallon. I hate you.
0: It's because I'm striving for perfection in a in a chaotic world, yeah. And it's it's the story of my life.
2: Um, the next comment was on getting ready for my new MacBook Pro, and it was from Bart. Aren't you forgetting a hub? You have a cable and a case, but you need a USB C docker hub to connect your old stuff. You can get them from various websites. USB C adapters. dot Okay. Okay, that's. That's
0: going back into January 2018 at that, that, uh, the show he was commenting on, which is fairly unusual.
2: Yeah, I remember that show. I remember all the shows. <laughs> to my, like, like my little children.
0: The next one was on one of my shows. So Go for it. 2739 Bash Tips number 19. Clack says local. More on what local variables are and how they work in episode 2807. So he's doing a, <laughs> a look forward to, to next week, which is which is good. good. Thank you very much.
3: And then uh, Clacky commented on Alden P's episode uh, 2774, CGDNS and Yggdrasil. And the comment is titled Yggdrasil Pronunciation. As a Scandinavian, I can say that your pronunciation of Yggdrasil is entirely accurate. And if anyone dubs it, dubs it, they can hear Hugo Weaving pronounce it in much the same way in Captain America, the first adventure. Which, by coincidence, I saw only a few days later. So I don't know well, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, actually.
2: Because we all know American movie houses yeah. take so much effort to get accents <laughs> right. Exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> But isn't Hugo weaving Australian or something? I think he's a Antipodean fellow, so he he's going to have an entirely different approach to Iguassu.
2: Well, I suggest Alvin wow. P sends us initial proving us, proving why we're wrong,
3: <laughs> and think, explaining uh, in great length how to pronounce Brazil.
2: <laughs> it's
0: always been pronounced that way in my in my world because it it's a uh, it's that you, it's that Linux. Uh, version isn't it that they're talking about there so uh, anyway whatever
2: so shall we deal with the mailing thread which has been a smidgen busy this month Ooh, gosh okay Whew. yeah exactly um hbr <laughs> llc this is uh fascinating how uh yeah, people commenting on it. I I think we should probably just leave those. Uh, uh, it was needless to say an April Fool's joke that uh, I sent around a. Did I send it on the day? Where is the original? Send it on the yeah April first. Why is it not in the list, Dave?
3: Maybe the day before. That's an interesting thing. I don't know. No, actually, you didn't send a message. The the the, the first message was from. Uh, from Nigel, yeah, it, it was it was a response to the the episode, so you just uh, chimed in later, I
2: think. No, I sent in. I sent a. You did. Yeah, I sent the, uh As you know, HPR has a long term history of providing oh, yeah. quality technical content over the years. Uh, yeah, it's and then a- basically. Uh,
0: I think I think something's got confused about uh, times in this because the the thread is is all sort of back to front um I'm not I'm not sure where you if you look at the thread view where your original um message yeah it's, it's not it, it does it's not seen as being in on April the 1st for some reason or other is that because the server is in a different time zone, and, and it's not being adjusted somehow.
2: Yeah, it could be. Although my, uh, my if you look in the comments, so I replied to one on April the 1st, 2019, at 5.25 p.m. NZDT, New Zealand date and time. Strange. Anyway, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter. It, uh, we'll figure it out. Um, basically at the end of last month's show, Dave was off sick and then uh, we announced that Dave was leaving the project because uh, I was accepting a financial reward for doing the show and that we were going to do uh, um, yeah, that we were going to uh, start monetizing HPR basically and hpr llc and stuff but all jokes aside we do get quite a lot of these things uh regularly i think once or twice a month we get some somebody contacting us about how we can improve our uh you know advertising opportunities blah blah blah
0: oh yeah 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 is that is, yeah. that, what,
2: <laughs> is that what gave you the idea yeah 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 you're just kind of sick of them and uh, also basically people ranting on about oh the podcast i need you guys to support if only one person sent me one dollar and then i would blah well you just do it and then if people (laughs) send you money good and well but we know ourselves just from getting somebody to contribute that you're lucky if you get one percent of your people actively engaged and for the rest yeah i'm really with lost and bronx on this you you put on your shows and you give it out there if somebody and as i said in my reply here to this if somebody wants to take hpr um and monetize it nearly a problem here no problem whatsoever it's all released under the creative commons licenses and so long as you adhere to the licenses no problem in fact um i've set up a special the feeds are there so you should be able to take the stuff and if there's anything that we can do to make it easier for you to do that in the future then let us know we're not going to make it more difficult it's about spreading the message yes i i know that it it's like down to the gpl debate or versus the uh mit license do you which is more free but yes If you do want to give money to HPR, go give it to Josh or go give it to archive.org Josh at anonymoustoast.com Better yet, sign up for one of Josh's uh, plans. You do get excellent service, I know as somebody on the receiving end here on HPR But yes there were some good uh, some some interesting reactions from people about it and uh, I saw cultural differences with the way April Fool is treated so there you go.
0: Just just uh, as to answer the question of where's my where's my email? It's actually in the March. Your original email is in the March archive thread because the Mailman system is running on uh, PST and PDT. Uh, over okay. The, over the DST change, so I did not know that. I'm not sure how you can tell Mailman to. Use them in UTC, but uh, probably you can't. But I don't know.
2: And there's some other ones. Mike Ray's reply is in there, and Clarky's one. Yep, yep. There's a whole there's a whole uh, collection of things
0: that uh, that are deemed to have been in uh, in 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 March rather than in April, including Lost and in brock saying. I don't like this day of the year. I, I completely <laughs> agree with him. <laughs> I, I, I like that one the best, to be honest, because
2: it's, uh,
0: yeah, never been my, my favorite day.
2: Oh, what other stuff were we talking about? Static site generators, not a flat file CMS. So that one was, um you know, probably wasn't clear enough either what I wanted. And what's, for HPR, we generally have a lot of static files so you got the website and you produce a show like and then the show has some comments or or no comments or some comments and then after six months it's still been downloaded but it's not going to change so uh the number of physical things on the website itself as a whole that changes during the day are the rss feeds the main website the series links but the episodes themselves remain pretty, pretty um, static. So what I wanted to do, as I explained earlier, was be able to dump it into a, from the database um, into a flat file system, and then have that R-sync to necessitate about, uh, about that. So the database that's on the website the HPR website I eventually want to get rid of and only use it for, don't panic Dave don't panic, take deep breaths, breathe in (laughs) breathe out the one on the website running on the active PHP that that would only ever be triggered when somebody sends in a comment or somebody sends in a um, uh, a comment or a uh, what, a show, something like that And even then, we might be able to get rid of that. But right now, limited to the reservations table and the comments table. Or actually, reservations table because the comments doesn't even hit the table at that point. And then, when those files hit, that would trigger uh, back-end processing, which would be available on the HPR uh, GitHub repository. But due to the sensitive nature of it, that would be taken and then run through the processing uh, servers. And then at the end of that, that would spit out a flat file, the flat file changes that are needed on the various different shows. So if somebody sends in a comment, that will go to a a JSON file using PHP, uh, be saved, be picked up by some cron system that will go get imported into Dave's database. Yeah, Dave? Yep. And then um, some flat file CMS thing would take the database fields and map them to um uh dollar you know place ho- placeholders in html templates that will get populated and sent out and then this thing would know oh this episode has been updated this um episode 21 or whatever has been updated with a new comment so i need to rewrite that episode so that way tonight then when you go home and you do your r-sync, Uh, It'll pull down today's show, but it'll also pull down episode 21 because there was a new comment to that episode and you've got that text file as well. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Yep. Yep.
2: So I've got lots and lots of good feedback on that. If you have uh, recommendations for that, please send them in as well. Um, And what else? Yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm focusing a little bit on the uh, elimination of PHP on the website. Um, the reason the reason we have PHP is that we use vi- variables for uh, if somebody goes to Hacker Public Radio and that's blocked by your firewall, then you go to Hobby Public Radio. Um, but I saw that we could actually do that with Apache. So if we were running a website that has got a, f- a HTML file that says Hacker Public Radio, there's a um, uh, module that you can load into Apache that will just change any particular word or instance as a word. So rather than having to rewrite separate um, instance for that Hobby Public Radio, it will just simply read Hacker and then display Hobby to the consuming system and everybody will be happy. Make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So with that in mind, I was looking at some... Um, uh templating system how we could combine templates and stuff and how we could do some things with css and how we could include menus and include various different pages and stuff so uh i'm just going to see how all that goes because what i don't want to do is if we make a change to one of the menus which is in the header file that that will trigger every single web every single page that is on the HBR website to be re-downloaded in the source sync. So I want to try and do that slightly elegantly if I can. I don't know how yet, but we'll see. But more information will be coming and uh it will the information is on anonymous git lab dot com. You can mosey over there and see how we're doing. There has been a proposed change to the upload form and so now the tags and explicit tags are not set but they are flagged as mandatory and jason uh s dodd replied i don't mind the tags at the same time i don't f- find them kind of I don't find them kind of useless unless the tags themselves are curated so that I get a list to choose from and I don't have to create new ones all the time. I typically find that searching the whole post gives me better results when I'm looking for something. But don't let that stop you Uh, I'm for requiring at least one tag. As I said before, these tags are more intended as being something that will allow you to commit your show to to a ongoing internet um, campaign or other so for example if we're doing a show on OgCamp, we can do hashtag odd and then have that appear in general searches for uh, odd
0: and the the tags are also propagated through to archiveorg yeah they 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 have a really nice uh, search interface to, to, to find stuff.
2: And the, again, the tags, why I don't want to prompt the tags rather than having to use JavaScript and backend database, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, is that it would allow cross content to be discovered on archive.org. So if you're thinking about using tags, then you should equally think about using tags that are on, um archive.org so for example using the uh apollo computer one that we did that you would tag it apollo mission or whatever that would be on archive.org and then they would pick those two up in the search it's just a by the way and he put in comment remove default explicit tag from form but didn't say what he wanted done oh yeah there was some weird things with the SGV, sgv files um, Jeroen SVG. wanted to print off the HPR logo and it didn't open for him it opened for me and some other people so I'll go through all the in this refresh of the entire website I'll go through those uh, files and uh, make sure that they all open I'll probably bug Tlatu for that as he's Mister Mister SGB. SVG that's the one thank you okay uh error and comment um this is related to text to speech and uh, the episode that jeroon did on text to speech and basically uh it can be summarized to this (laughs) e author uh, Jonathan Duddington, in my humble opinion, deserves a Nobel Prize. So, <laughs> um, and I don't think anyone is uh, anyone is uh, contradicting him there on that. Uh, Kirk Riser uh, notably commented, um, "E-Speak uh, saying E-Speak is great, and I would l- really love to hear with uh, an interview with Jonathan." Uh, unless I miss my hunch, he may no longer be with us. Uh, I haven't heard anything about him from him in years, so the emphasis is on espeak-ng. I'd like to be wrong on that front. Yes, I'm, I'm sure we all agree. And to which, uh, Mike put us in the loop with regard to who Kirk is. And uh, a non-insignificant contributor to text-to-speech and access text for the blind and VI users on Linux. Anything else to say about those threads? No,
0: no, I don't have anything.
2: <coughs> and Yeroon uh, commented on this, uh, you know, this episode again, saying it wasn't intended to be. Uh, to be uh, in any way an attack on eSpeak, it was just uh, evaluating programs with, with regard to HPR intro text. And I've just submitted a show as well with two other ones that I found. So uh, with a few other, a few other ones that I found. So we'll have a look like that. HPR by request. Anyone want to do this or? Oh, yeah. Uh, sent <laughs> decided to get into podcasting in a big way. And sent us a link of the stuff that he was getting. And Yannick is right in there asking for uh, some episodes on the stuff that he's done.
3: Yeah, of course. I mean you cannot uh, you cannot show pictures of uh, really nice uh, hardware without doing a review for HPR, can you?
2: Not at all. Not at all. I really did like his um uh, the S the <sighs> not SVG Scalable Vector Graphic, yeah, SVG. The SVG logo that you did on the polo shirt—it's quite cool.
3: Yeah, yeah. I think should... we should have—we should each have one for uh, for Ocamp. Somebody want to mention Ockamp? I am so excited. Yeah, so Ockamp, 29th and twentieth of October. Actually, hold I on think... one second. Hold on I one do.
2: second, because there's even better. There's better to come. Ooh, mm, better. Hold on one second. Um, lost in bronx was talking about the mics yeah and he needs to do a show basically he's talking too much he needs to do a show okay you did mention um Jeroen, as you know is dutch and i live in the netherlands and we uh he happened to be around where i worked so we went out for dinner one evening and in the course of that conversation, he mentioned that LWN.net has a community calendar, which I had no idea about. And he said that on the community calendar, Og Camp was happening. Over to you, Yannick. So, camp uh, It's
3: going to be the 10th anniversary of Camp on the 19th and 20th of October in Manchester in the United Kingdom, probably in Europe, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, possibly uh, Europe, yes. possibly. it's an unconference so it's uh, it's uh, really nice um, it's a two-day event um, really for me uh, I, I went to my first outcome last year and I'm, I'm really looking forward to go back this year it's uh, it's um, a way to uh uh put uh, faces on, on voices and names that I I uh hear about during the the, the, the year. I made a lot of uh, lots of friends last year uh, and I did have the chance to meet with Dev uh, last year at Ocamp. Yes which indeed. is yes which is, just, what, what which is actually what what drove me to HBR <laughs> so yeah um the event starts on the eighteenth on the friday evening with a social event and uh i i i think really if you want to come to a camp that's that's the that's the 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 good way to start with uh the uh the first uh pub event and then uh there will be a an an official track with the the, the talks the the c f p is open so you can submit uh, talks idea to a camp and then there, there's usually a corridor track which is uh, yes. something that, that uh, uh, people put the ideas for uh, unscheduled talks on the whiteboard and then uh, talks get voted and uh, the most popular talks uh, have a is a, a room and uh, an hour or something like that and they were also talking about, <clears throat> sorry, about, uh, re, reinstating the, f- uh, flash talk. I think that's, uh, how they, the they light- light- lightning, 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 lightning yeah. talk. Yeah. So lightning talks are like five to 10 minutes talk. And, uh, it's a great way, I think, to, well, to give a talk. If you don't know how to give a talk or if you scared to, or, uh, something like that. And I, I'm, I'm maybe. Possibly, perhaps, uh, gonna, going to make one. Uh, so look out for that and run away. <laughs> cool. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. So I just on the Occam website, the CFP is open. So org if you want to submit a, a, a talk to the, the committee.
2: And I contacted lwn.net and asked them for their permission to use their. Um, their calendar, basically, and they said straight away, no problem, go ahead. That's why it's there. So um, we could, technically, go through some of the stuff that's going to be coming up in in May or possibly June. What would you reckon, Dave? How would you do this? (laughs) Mm. Well, the Open Infrastructure Summit is already over. Uh-huh. Uh, in Vienna. Latchup 2019 PyCon uh, is going to be on from now until next Thursday. The OSDC is going to be on uh, the week after that from the 14th and 15th. OS Camp is on the 16th. Uh, BSD CAN is on the 17th to the 18th. Uh, Saturday, the 18th, uh, Linux. Wochen Linz 2019 is on, as is OSC Albania. Um, those continue on for the entire weekend of the 18th to the 20th. Uh, then Con- CanCon and KubeCon Cloud Native Con, are both on uh, the week of the 20th to the 24th. OSC starts on the 24th and continues over the weekend. Mini DEF CON starts on Saturday the 25th in Marseille and continues to the 26th. On the 28th is a Precon Live Open Source Database Conference in Austin, Texas, and that continues the 29th and the 30th. Then the Libra graphics meeting in uh, Saarbrücken in Germany is on from the 29th to the 31st.
3: And after that.
2: Uh, and after that. DevOps Days Toronto uh, is on the 29th and the 30th. And Con Ottawa Canada is on the... Uh... Actually, has that been, that been going on? no that's on the we, thursday yeah. to the friday yeah should we call that's conference june libre graphics in in germany uh libre graphics meeting samba xp is going on in rothingen in germany uk open mp users conference is on in edinburgh this is on all in june maybe then Demf- Mini Debcons is on in Hamburg. Uh, Southeast Lennox Fest is on in Charlotte, NC, in USA on the 14th. North Carolina. Yep, North Carolina. Uh, Southeast Lennox Fest is on in... Uh, did I just cover that? Yes, I did. Yeah. What did I miss? Hong Kong Open Source Conference is on the 14th and the 15th. Clacky is probably at that. And... On the 24th, we have KubeCon, CloudNativeCon, Open Source Summit in Shanghai, China. You can actually tell from this, the ones that are from Monday to Thursday tend to be the business ones, and the ones at the weekends are the community events. Yeah, <laughs> clearly. So that's uh, pretty cool. They even have a C Call for Papers deadline calendar up this week. <laughs> Does anyone want to do that? Tell us if this is boring. Linux Developer Conference is up this week. Pi Colorado's up. Conference for open source users and promoters in Taipei, Thailand. Europython is. Uh, DebConf is going to be in Brazil, is calling for papers sending. Call for pa- papers for Europython 2019 is up this month. GNOME User Developer Conference in Greece is up this month uh lpc linux plumbers conference in portugal is up as is the last two academy academy in 2019 in milan italy if you're a kde person and the linux security summit in san diego that is it
3: that is a lot of conferences
2: yes but it's nice to have it on one page and it's a Mm -hmm. great service that lwn has put on i've contacted them about doing an interview so hopefully that'll be coming up in the future you owe yourself a show. I do indeed. You <laughs> have no idea how many shows I owe myself. But that's a good addition. And then finally, not finally, tags and summaries, Dave, because I need something to drink. Um, well, there are two
0: things in the any other business. One is the draft of uh, an HPR article on Wikipedia, which anybody who is a host can't contribute two yep so we're looking for anybody who is not a host yet to um to uh, uh, assist and uh hopefully then afterwards become a host so i think uh i don't know what else to say about that one particularly have a look at it and see see what can be contributed um one of the things about wikipedia is that they always want citations and and so that sort of thing so yeah i'm not sure exactly what's uh, involved in doing that for some of the things there but um. so
2: to that end i have been going back listening to hbr episodes today with the techie episodes and radio freak america episodes linuxlink.net episodes to uh see what the history was about when it started and how it got involved and what the original plans were. So I'm making links to that for the talk section of that web page so that uh, other Wikipedias can review it and decide yes or no whether this is valid or not. And I'm transcribing snippets of text so that you get a feel for what the conversation is, including links to directly to the audio where those shows discuss it. And I will also be putting in um, links to uh, places where we've been in the media before as well um, in that talk section as I will be trolling the interview section to find links to people who have Wikipedia pages um, so that we can link back to those people. Ah,
0: good idea. Yes,
2: yes. And... um, particularly we should also try and um get people who we have discussed projects with um that the for example you see the hacker public radio interview is linked on the um slacker uh, slackware page as um when we were talking to vunker dink what's his name um, Patrick, Volkerdink. Patrick 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 Volkdin that's linked back as a reference to hacker public Radio and that will be a nice way to reinforce the the um, eligibility of HPR being a web page generally it should be because you know there there are loads of pages about things a lot less uh, a lot less imposing interesting yeah or a lot less, they'll have a lot less impact. I mean, we're one of the longest running podcasts in the world, full stop. End of story. You know, we have transmitted, we have the number of hours of content that we have available. The whole approach to the way podcasting is done. We've been reviewed in several uh, articles and stuff. So, yeah, it is, it's no harm. And it's also a way to get people into um, HPR. I also want them to take from my name out of the draft because I don't think it adds anything to it. Um it's better just to say it's maintained by volunteers and here's how you can become a volunteer. So I'm not doing this for an ego thing. I think that when you say, oh, I'm part of Hacker Public Radio and then people can go to Wikipedia and see, ah, these are these are not weird, you know, these are uh, yeah, hacker is is a name we struggle with, but um, having a good Wikipedia presence and a good archive.org presence gives a certain uh, veritas. Is that the word, David, I'm looking for? Mm-hmm, hmm yeah. Yeah, yeah. Rep- reputation that, yeah, these people are hackers in the sense of contributing in the way that Wikipedia does and archive.org does. So, we, there you go. We're, we're the good hackers, the one with the white hat. Sometimes. Not all of our shows have been like that. There have been interviews with black hats, uh, <laughs> black hats as well, but that's that's as with all walks of life, you we are an unrestricted platform for discussing. We're the wild, wild west, yay. Our oh, yeah. year be pirates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh
0: Dave, the tags. The tags and summaries I want to highlight the fact that Tony Hughes was a contributor for this path. man year. he um he was I forget now exactly how we, we came to, to discuss this, but he said, ooh, what do you have to do to do tags and summaries? And I pointed him to the, the page, and he, he said, ooh, I'll have a go. And he, he got he got the bit between his teeth and did thirty six of them. Good man, three <laughs> points for him. <laughs> Thank you very much, Tony. That was that was very very good. Uh, it's moved us on a goodly bit. And, and and being incredibly lazy, I didn't actually do any
2: in this past <gasps> month. So uh, so these are all down to Tony. Ah, uh, excellent. Chipping away at these this is brilliant, actually. Yeah. And Og camp. We're all officially going to our camp, even your own. Yeah, it's coming back. It
3: was there uh, last year. We'll be back with uh, Mr. Room. Cool,
2: excellent. I am looking forward to that. And you will be there too. Yes, don't ruin it for me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Tony Hughes will be there because he said, to <laughs> "See you in one. Can, Of course, of course, yes,
2: yes. The quickening. Okay, cool. Uh, tune in tomorrow for another exciting episode of Hacker Public. Radio. Join us now and share the software. You'll be free, hackers. You'll be free.
1: You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday.